listener. Before I get started with today's episode, I wanted to apologize in advance for the audio quality. I am traveling this week, and I don't have my usual microphone setup and mixer board to work with, so the sound quality is suboptimal this week, but I wanted to get you some new content, even if imperfect, so please bear with me and enjoy the episode in its form, imperfect though it may be. Here's the episode. This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. quote, the dignity of the artist lies in his duty of keeping awake the sense of wonder in the world. In his long vigil, he often has to vary his methods of stimulation, but in this long vigil, he is also himself striving against a continual tendency to sleep, end quote. Those are the words of Russo-French artist Marc Chagall. Chagall was born July 6, 1887 in Liozna, which is near Vitebsk in the then Russian Empire, now part of Belarus. He died March 18, 1985, in St. Paul de Vence in France at age 97. Now, he lived in a very interesting time. And I've said before that people that were born in America around the time of the Civil War, that died around the time of World War II, lived through some very interesting world events. They saw slavery come to an end as the law of the land. They saw the turn of the century. They saw World War I, the sinking of the, the, sinking of the Titanic, World War I the Great Depression, World War II, just a very interesting time to be alive. Now, Chagall lived through his own interesting times, seeing, of course, World War I and World War II, but he also saw the Bolshevik Revolution and the subsequent Russian Civil War, which took place a little bit later than the American. And he lived in France at the start of World War II, and he escaped Nazi occupation to the U.S., and then he returned to France shortly after the war ended in 1949. And he was an artist, a sculptor, and someone who worked on tapestries. I don't know what the official term for a tapestry artist is, tapestryist, or something of that nature. He worked with stained glass and ceramics as well as paintings, of course. And he was very, very talented and very, very interesting. And he's not admittedly somebody that I had heard of until I came across this quote and started to do some more research into it. I had it listed as Marc Chagall in my quote book, but I didn't know anything about Chagall. Turns out he's a very interesting artist when you view his works. They are part cubism, if you're familiar with that at all, part surrealism, which is very interesting. And his works are actually very reminiscent of perhaps more familiar artists like Picasso and Dali. And I should also point out at this point that I have extremely limited art knowledge here. I have been to many great museums, and when I'm led through it, I can very much see wonderful things in artists' work. I can appreciate the talent and the struggle that goes into them, but I myself struggle to interpret them a lot of the time. Sometimes it feels like a self-licking ice cream cone, and by that I mean sometimes it feels like we, in an attempt to find meaning, imbibe meaning into things and see things that aren't necessarily there. And of course, that could be the point of art and poetry, because they're very similar in that way, that we see things that the artist or the author never intended for us to see, but there's allowance for it because it is, at the end of the day, an art and it's interpretive 
in the way you see it. All of that to say, I lack the artistic bones in my body of any shape at all to be an artist myself. My wife, in fact, designed my podcast cover art. She is the one that has talent. I sketch in a book that I use when I make little projects at home. None of it is artworthy. And I, to be fully honest, I find myself lost in the vastness of it. I mean, pick a genre, any genre of any art, and it alone is overwhelming. Never mind the breadth of something like paintings. I already mentioned cubism and surrealism. There are so many other genres within that discipline that I just don't even know where to begin. And as I mentioned, it's not unlike poetry, though I have grown more confident in my ability to interpret poetry after each of the explications that we've done together. So I promise there will be more of those soon. And I'm certain that were I to devote the correct amount of time to it, I would find the same thing to be the case with art. But I digress. Chagall, like any professional, sought meaning in what he did. And we all do this. We all want what we do to matter, to have an impact. Now, that impact could be just financial, right? It could be just for us to pay our bills. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It is having an impact. It is a thing in your life that fulfills a purpose. It can also just be fulfilling in a, an emotional or spiritual sense where money doesn't matter. Now, for most of us, it's more likely a combination of those two things. We need something that pays the bills, but we also want to enjoy it. And Chagall knew that he enjoyed art. He actually, as a teenager, sought his mother's approval to become a painter. Because, yes, even back in his day, parents looked at their artist children as the old trope goes, and I'm sure his mother said something to the effect of, or he was afraid his mother might say something to the effect of, yes, that's fine that you want to paint, but how are you going to make money? Which, of course, is not fair, but it's a question that gets asked. And he knew that it would make him happy to do so. And there's a solid school of thought that says that if you find something that makes you happy, you'll enjoy it, you'll work hard at it, you'll get better and improve, and if it's really something that you love and enjoy and get good at, that the money will come behind it. There's debate whether that is the best approach to what you do to pay the bills, but it is a method. Chagall doubtlessly continued his artistic expression and exploration for decades because it was, in fact, fulfilling for him. And today's quote summarizes his feelings in an almost poetic way. So let me read it for you one more time, and then we'll discuss just a bit more. Here's the quote. Quote, the dignity of the artist lies in his duty to keep awake the sense of wonder in the world. In this long vigil, he often has to vary his methods of stimulation. But in this long vigil, he is also himself striving against a continual tendency to sleep. End quote. And he's right, isn't he? I just told you how overwhelming art can be for me, how uneducating, <clears throat> how uneducated and fumbling I feel when I view it. I know that there's meaning there. It's just not always apparent immediately. I know that the artist had something in mind when they put pen to paper or brush to canvas, but I don't necessarily know what it is. It evokes in me, when I don't let it overwhelm me, let's say, a sense of wonder, which is precisely what Chagall says is the dignity of the artist or the goal of the artist. Take, for example, a painting that I do know quite well, and that's Guernica. Guernica is a painting by Picasso, 
that I have been fortunate enough to actually see in person. And it is one of my, if not my ultimate favorite painting. There is, if you've ever seen it, so very much going on. And if you haven't seen it, take a moment, pause this episode, and just pull it up on your phone or whatever device you happen to have nearby and take a look. Because there is so much meaning and so much depth in the painting that it's hard to describe. It's both haunting and beautiful and weird and and incredible all at once. But at first glance, it just kind of looks like a mess. It's disjointed. It is surrealism, right? I mean, that is what that painting is. It's surreal. Nothing that you see there is actually proportional or meant to actually illustrate anything that's in real life. It is a dramatic and surreal, for lack of a better term. I know I'm using the word to define itself, but it's a weird interpretation of a very difficult thing. I'll talk about that in a second. But the painting itself is actually huge. And you won't know that from looking at it on your phone or tablet or whatever. But it's actually more than 10 feet tall and 25 feet long. And so to view it, you have two choices, basically. You actually have to stand back to see it all at once. And, of course, in doing so, you lose some of the detail that you get when you get up close. Or you let your eyes travel across it, or best yet, you start at one end and walk from one end to the other, and then, and then back again. And it takes a while to scan 250 square feet of canvas to see everything. And I'm not kidding when I say that I actually think I could look at it for hours. It's, it's just an, it's an intense experience, especially when you know some of the background behind it. And who knows, maybe I'm getting old, but 20 years ago, I probably saw it in a textbook, nodded, and just moved on. But now it evokes in me a sense of wonder. It makes me think. I imagine myself as Picasso, right? Which is, of course, aggrandizing. I know I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I already said that. But again, looking at 250 square feet of canvas just laying there, which is a small room's worth of space with nothing on it. Where do you even begin? Where was the first line of the painting or the first brush stroke? And why was it where he did it? Did he know what he was trying to convey in his painting? Or did that come through as he worked? How do you not lose focus over the course of time that it takes to paint something that large? This, in case you're curious, took 35 days for Picasso to paint. So for 35 days, he went back to this canvas day after day for hours to work on it. I don't know how you don't even... I don't know how you don't lose interest, potentially, even in that time. 35 days is a long time to do a single solitary task. And there were probably other things he was working on. But let's say this was the only thing he was working on. What was the last thing that you did for 35 straight days? I can't think of much that I do for 35 straight days. Sometimes it feels like I work every day, but certainly not for 35 days in a row. At least not regularly. So when I think about it from that perspective, how do you choose the colors? And and this was a, uh, you know, I've read that this was a very special paint that Picasso commissioned specifically to paint in a very non-reflective matte finish. And if you see this painting, you'll get that sense that this has no shine to it whatsoever. And I know that enthusiasts have studied that painting extensively, and doubtlessly they've noticed things that I have not. 
In case you're wondering, it depicts the carnage wrought on the Spanish town of Guernica after bombing by the Germans and Italians in World War II. So this is Picasso's surrealistic representation of that. And if you look at the individual elements, you can see that. You see death. You see pain. You see anguish. You see sadness. And it's all done in this matte color that has no shine to it whatsoever, much as you would expect a bombed-out city to have no shine to it whatsoever in its portrayal. So this painting, it speaks to me. So when I say that I'm overwhelmed by art, I don't necessarily mean this particular painting. This one I've studied. This one I've looked at. This one has depth and meaning and purpose to me and doesn't overwhelm me despite its grand size. Others do. And I guess that's the beauty in art. And that's the beauty of what an artist does for us. They keep in our minds alive a sense of wonder. The mind of a painter, much like a poet, is intensely interesting to me. They see the world in mysterious ways, and they present it to us in even more mysterious ways. And Chagall understood that. Picasso understood that. So when Chagall talks about the tendency to sleep, I don't think he means literal sleep, of course, though he could. I think he means more the ephemeral sense of just settling into rest, settling into a place of contentedness where nothing matters, where the world is happening around you and you're not doing anything or challenging anything or being challenged by anything. I think that's what he's talking about. Our tendency to sleep as the viewer is something that the artist pushes back against with a sense of wonder evoked through painting or art of any kind. And that can be music, it can be poetry, it can be painting, it can be sculptures, it can be tapestries or stained glass, any of those things. Anything that evokes a sense of wonder in you is brought to you by that artist, and it pushes back against our tendency to sleep. So as we close today, I guess the takeaway for me is that art, in whatever form you choose to consume it, and we all consume art in one form or another, is a very important way to stay engaged with the world around us. And that artists perform a very special function for society by keeping alive in us a sense of wonder. And that wonder is a beautiful thing. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotation, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.